Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. B, did I tell you that I saw Scotty from Scotty's Vodka Tuesday night in College Park? No. Saw Scotty from Scotty's Vodka Tuesday night in College Park. Eating at Lido's, banging Lido's. pizza. Um, and did I tell you that last night I saw Gary Williams? You told me. You told me to remind you. Gary wants to know why you turned down the invite to play the Pebble Beach Pro Am and let Ron Rivera have it. Oh uh, man, you know I just wanted to let him. He needed he needed something to put a smile on his face because the season didn't. Very nice of you. Yeah. Gary yeah. thinks you should be out there. <laughs> Gary is funny. Right now, another dude. <laughs> That is friends with Gary Williams. Our friend, Mr. Barry Sverluga from the Washington Post. Barry joins us via the BetQL guest line. Barry, thank you for making time for us today, man. Um, I, I want to talk about your column, obviously, that you wrote about B this morning and where he belongs in Canton. Brian Mitchell to the Hall of Fame. Um, how are you, buddy? What's going on? Good, good, man. Uh, thanks for having us, Brian. What's I, up, Barry? I don't, I don't mean to put you in an awkward position, but I've been thinking about this for a while, so uh, thought I'd up the case a little bit again. I appreciate it. I just, you know, I try not to talk about it too much, but I appreciate which you is, doing it, though. Which is why I did not, I figured, um, get some other people to talk about Brian Mitchell and not don't get Brian Mitchell to talk about Brian Mitchell. And I will say this, and I wrote this in the column, um, that you can tell the level of respect or appreciation that people have for a person if, um, very busy people will very quickly pick up the phone to talk about them. So, you know, you got Andy Reid in the middle of a, a run to the Super Bowl, Joe Gibbs prepping four teams for a Daytona 500, and um, they're all too happy to talk about some B-Mitch for, for, um, and, and support him. So I thought that was really cool. cool. Um, so we're talking with Barry. If, if you missed Barry's column this morning, you can follow him at Barry's for Luga on Twitter. He posted it, and uh, a simple but entirely effective premise just saying that that B Mitch needs to be in the Hall of Fame and that it doesn't make any sense to him that he's not there. Barry, do you kind of want to just lay out your case? So the case is twofold. Um and it's it's about Brian individually um but it's also more broadly about the Hall of Fame overlooking people who made their biggest impact on on special teams. So start with Brian, I mean the list of players with more all-purpose yards in the history of the NFL uh, then Brian Mitchell is Jerry Rice. That's the list. That's the uh, list. No one had more punt returns or punt return yards. No one had more kick return or kick return yards. Um, 13 combined touchdowns in, in, that, in those two facets of the game, um, which is exceeded only by De- Devin Hester, I believe. Um, and then you go to the 
attitude and leadership part of it. And, and, you know, I don't want to embarrass Brian, but like that, these great, great coaches, um, believe that, uh, that aspect of what he provided, um, and showed in sacrificing and being willing to do everything that special teamers are, are required to do sets a tone in a locker room. That's, that's, um, that's hard to create. It's, it, you can't fake that. You can't fake it. So, um, and then, you know, broadly, uh, we hear every week, JP, you hear any coach you've ever co- covered, you know, we've got to play well in all three facets of the game um, to win this week. And, and they make it a point to not overlook special teams. And I think there are 362 members of the Hall of Fame. Three of them are primarily uh, special team special teamers, Morton Anderson and Jan Stenerud kickers and, and Ray Guy the punter. And I think that's that's egregious. That is not telling the whole history um, of the game. When you have a returner of Brian Mitchell's caliber or, you know, now Cordell Patterson or, you know, Hester back with the Bears or, or whoever that you know could change a game with one very nerve-wracking kick, and you've got to make that punter or that kicker really think strategically about how they're going to do this. And I went back and watched um, – you know, highlights, Beamish highlights just to get myself in, in mode. And it's just so striking how north-south he run. There's no jitter-jatter, you know, side-to-side stuff. It was like, as I think Joe Gibbs told me, you know, uh, you're coming at me? No, I'm coming at you. Like, I'm going to finish this hit. I might want to hurt the defender. So that's a long-winded way of saying, I think, um, JP, your partner is very deserving to be in Canton. I don't care to have to embarrass him by having to talk about himself, but um, I was happy to make that case. Well, you did a tremendous job with it. You're correct in everything you say. And I'd add this and and be, you could just ignore me and Barry gush about you. Um, but <laughs> what, one thing, working in locker rooms for a long time, and, and Barry, I, I think you'll agree with this, players always know. Players always know what's real, what isn't, who gives it everything, who 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 skates and the amount of former teammates of yours that I've gotten to know guys that are in the hall of fame, guys that have super bowl rings. And I believe it was Brian Dawkins that, that said, if I have to be in a foxhole, I want to be Mitch with me. Like he's in the hall of fame. He's an all time. Great. There are so many people that will say stuff like that. Your relationships with former players, former coaches. I mean, there's a reason you text these dudes and they jump on the phone with us. It's not because they want to talk to me. And and that is, that is real. Um, and Barry, you've talked about this. The, the process for the NFL hall of fame is perhaps getting better, but, but certainly isn't what it should be. And it, I, I think there, there has been over the years, whether it's bias or just, a lack of effort from the team to get something done. There is an underrepresentation of Washington players in Canton. Yeah, that may that may be the case, and maybe you know, JP. Maybe that's in part because um, the Post doesn't allow uh, its writers to to vote or participate, and that's a that's a side of the argument that that I'm on. I, I I'm bad at this because I don't believe that sports writers should be involved in this kind of process but then i also um don't have an awesome solution so I, i'm not i'm not really helping 
um, fix fix the problem. Um, but I do think, uh, and you and I talked about this before. Um, you know, there may be uh, a way that there's a special um, class of special teams focused players that go in at some point. But I would, and that would be great because I think the end result is you you want that representation, you want deserving players to be in. But I, I just I don't think that would cheapen it, but I think the, the like Brian Mitchell is worthy of being in the hall of fame as a football player, period. Like that, that sure. is like, that's just the statement. Um, and I don't think it, whatever the end result is, if you get to Canton, that's great. That, that's what everybody wants. Um, but it, it's, <clears throat> there should be no, yeah, but he got in this way. It, it's a, it, I agree with that. He's achieved what he needs to achieve. I think. I think the one thing that you're saying is what really resonates with me is that, you know, it's not about me. It's about the actual special teams. When you go on the field, you're out there trying to be the best you can at that position, be the best you can for whoever played it. And when you get through, you don't want to hear people. And I think it's a lot of lot of writers. They don't look past offense and defense. Actually, they don't look past the quarterback and the defensive lineman that are rushing them. And I think you're right that it needs to have more representations for that aspect because Steve Tasker, I know we had three people blocking him and he still made the damn tackle. You know, I, I know how much if I were to run a ball past the 35, 40-yard line and the offense got it, the, the percentages of chances they scored touchdowns rather than uh, getting a field goal. And me and John Harbaugh talked about this on a consistent basis. John had a stat we'll talk about the average start after I returned a kick or a punt compared to anybody around the league, and I was leading them by 12 yards because you make the right decisions. You run the ball upfield. You don't run to the sideline. But I don't think many people try to even think about that aspect of you go and run, return the ball to the 50, the offense get a touchdown. They go, oh, man, the offense got a touchdown, but you made it easy for them. You put them on the other side of the 50. If you go down you tackle somebody inside the, the 10 or 20-yard line and a defense go and stop that team, they give the defense all the credit, but special teams ignited all of that. So I just and, think that and, the representation should be there more. It's a three facets of the game, Brian. I mean, we're told it all the time. Yep. And, and to completely – and I'm not saying that a third of the players in the Hall of Fame should be from offense, a third should be from defense, and a third should be from special teams. But but it's to a point where um, it's one out of every hundred and something players. Like, that's, that's not fair. You mentioned Steve Tasker. That's a, a perfect example. I mean um, – Think about the times just locally that we've watched Tressway flip the totally. field, and and it 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 changes the game. And I'm not saying Tressway is a Hall of Famer, but but the best punters ever who kicked directionally and and affected field position and gave um, you know made the opposing team have to go 95 yards rather than 75. Like that is a huge huge part of football. It's also like happens to be part of football that I find fun. Um, it, it's strategic. Uh, I don't like the, I get the safety issues, but I don't like the fact that, that kick, kickoffs are brought out um, so much less frequently than they, than they once were. Um, so Brian, I'm, I'm with you. And I think that's the, you don't have to stump for yourself, but I think you, you talking about and stumping for the idea that these guys do take that job extremely seriously, that it has a huge impact on, on individual football games and, and entire seasons for, for teams. Um, it just seems logical that 
the people that vote for this would have to say, well, wait a minute, why is it? Why are there no special teamers? Um, essentially, we've got to we've got to write that wrong. And if you just look at this year's playoffs, the amount of huge plays where a ball gets down at the two or a, a returner makes a play—I mean, it happened week after week—and it's it, it, it. You're totally right about the overall representation. And and my thought with the put in a ten man special teams class that is really you know separate you know divided up over the last 50 years of football is just to try to not to say like guys coming up or or down the line further like won't get in because they only need that it's to try to make up for what is clearly something that is inadequate representation of football absolutely absolutely and and uh brian jp and i i asked jp about whether this would be a good thing to pursue a few weeks ago um because I didn't want to put you in an awkward position, but we were talking about it or texting or something. And, and um, we both kind of were like, well, you know, who appreciates special teams more than Bill Belichick? Like, like maybe I could get Belichick on the, on the phone. Um, not surprisingly, he declined uh, <laughs> in not being one of your, your coaches. But, but I, my point is um, this is arguably, you know, one of the five greatest coaches ever to do it. And, if you really want to get him to wax eloquent about something, um, you might want to bring up, you know, a long snapper or a left-footed punter or, or Matthew Slater, who would be another Hall of Fame candidate as a as a special teamer. Um, he puts a lot of thought into it, a lot of value into it, um, and that should that should say to everybody, this is a super important aspect of football. I think most years Bill was the only one with a left-footed punter. Now this year they have seven or eight. Right, because people are learning from that, from what he does, what he's done every year. Because you're so used to catching the right-footed punt, it's a certain spin. Then your left-footed punter shows up that one week, and you didn't practice for it. It could be a problem, and you see a lot of his games end up being, and then they'll kick him short too. Somebody makes a mistake, fielding the ball, whether a punt or a kickoff, and Bill comes out smiling because he know what he was what he was planning for. So, Brian, let me ask you this, because you obviously were a quarterback in, in college and, and came to Washington as a fifth-round pick, and, and Coach Gibbs told you, you know, this is how your best chance of, of having an impact. Like, those first – and then, I don't know if people know, like, Brian's first kickoff uh, in a preseason game. It's crazy. Um, he returned for a touchdown. Um, just those first times back uh, to catch – I think punts, to me, are particularly harrowing, but to – to field kickoffs or punts, like what was that like, and and was it something that came naturally, or or did you have to learn it? Catching the kickoffs came naturally, uh, and and that was fun because I I didn't mind having a ball in my hand, but catching the punts was hell, you know, because <laughs> uh, we had Ralph Majenko, he was a left footed punter, and he punted the ball to me about twenty times in the wind, and I might have touched one of them. I'm not, I didn't catch any of them, and. <laughs> I remember that year is the first year where we go to Philly in the body bag game. Joe Howard Johnson gets hurt. Walter Stanley gets hurt. So the next week we play against the Saints, I am now the punt returner. And I was so fearful of trying to catch the ball because of that experience I had with Ralph. I let the ball hit the ground, bounce, and then I would catch it on the run. But then I learned how to catch it. And if you notice, my balls I caught, I normally stepped into it. I caught it already moving forward instead of like a lot of guys today – they catch it with their feet squared up or they're stepping backwards where they have to gather, and that gives a, the defender a time to get closer to you. 
So I just wanted to get to a way where I could catch the ball moving forward to get to them quicker because once they start slowing up, it's when your your blockers can block even better for you. And were you naturally – you talk about going forward when you um, caught the punt. Like, is, was your natural instinct just north-south? Because, I mean, those are the straightest lines like, toward the other end zone that I've seen anybody ever run. Like, <laughs> is that just how you went about it? That's just the way I did it. Even when I played quarterback, I, I remember in the night in, uh, in high school, I – Tried to avoid a guy by just stepping out of bounds. The guy dove and I sprained my ankle. And I told my huh. coach, I said, I'm never doing that again. He said, what do you mean? I say, I'm just going to load a short pass on people now. He's like, you're a quarterback. You got to take care of yourself. So I started lifting weights even more. And in college, I, I left the ground. I dove over people. I ran through people. I played the game like a football player. Like, I didn't care about what position I was playing. I just felt that I, I, loved, I loved Walter Payton when I watched him play football. And Walter Payton, they call him sweetness, but the way he played was nothing sweet about that. He would destroy people. With, he would run over people and then just drop the shoulder pads on them. And I just developed that mindset right around in 10th, 11th grade, and I played like that the rest of my life. JP, do we have time for a quick story that didn't get into the column? Hell yeah. So, uh, Coach Gibbs, I, I write for a family newspaper, so I, I, don't, I didn't know that I could get this in, but maybe we can do this on the radio. Um, he said that there was uh, an award that the team had. Um, you know where I'm going, Brian. Leather balls. Right? Leather balls. <laughs> leather balls award. And the, I, I, you know, I can't remember. I don't have my notes right in front of me. But um, there was something where, like, I, I think the coaches had to select it. And, and Brian was maybe the only one. And the, the leather balls award would not surprise you that it's a toughness award. Um I think he was maybe we were the only one who ever won it unanimously or, or won it a bunch of weeks in a row or something like that. What, what, what was that award? That award was for the, the tough guy. And then I remember uh, somebody that was tough didn't uh, back down from anything. And I had a stretch where, you know, I was in practice. I got in a fight with multiple defensive players. And then I got in a fight <laughs> with jumping gathers. And basically they realized at that point I was a little off. <laughs> and but you know the thing about the it, like with jumpy to be honest buried. with you though, know, Barry, I I think the majority of football players. Because I see a lot of people would come to me and say, "Man, you're not that big," or "So and so's not that big." I say when they step on the football field, the guy that's worried about how big somebody is, he shouldn't be out there. I think right. most guys, just like a a Darren Sproles and Devin Hester and Brian Brian Westbrook, when you step on the field, you think you're the baddest ass will be out there. And that's the way I felt, and I, and the way I would lift weights and would, would dedicate myself to getting physically fit. I wasn't worried about how big somebody was because if I my leverage was a little lower than theirs, I could come out on the other side. In college, I squatted over six hundred pounds. I benched over four hundred pounds because I did not want to be like a typical person, like just walking around and can't handle the rigors of football. I wanted to put the pain on somebody else because I wasn't going to just accept it. you hitting me all day. I'm going to have to bring something to you. Well, Coach Gibbs also said, um, you know, you would run scout team uh, quarterback um, and, in fact, did that in preparation for the Super Bowl, which would have been the Bills Super Bowl, I suppose. Um, and he said he had to you – were, you were talking so much smack uh, and taking on so many defenders that, that he had to cut practice short because um, – it was you were either going to kill somebody or you were going to get killed. So, uh, but he appreciated that intensity um, when even when you were just running scout. What happened was the Buffalo Bills offensive line, no, their defensive line coach 
had pissed off our hall, the offensive line by calling them fat pigs. <laughs> and so they came into practice with an attitude. So our defensive line got an attitude because they weren't going to just let them beat them. So when I'm on offense, they start, like, trying to rough us up a little bit. So at that point, I decide to become Brian Mitchell. Well, Keith Mitchell at that time. And Keith comes Where I, I started cursing them out and doing stuff, and they were going after us, and they ended up hitting Mark Rippon and spraining his ankle, and Coach had to stop practice. Um, I want to read something quickly to both of you Uh, Monica Mitchell is is Brian's beautiful wife of many years and knowing B he is far too humble of a guy to send your article to his wife so I did it and um, she replied to me that article made me tear up he's so worthy of this honor praying one day it happens so Barry I I wanted you to know that because you did great work and B we all know. I, I, I was wondering if you might tear up. I, uh, I, 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 you do. You deserve it wholeheartedly, and I, I hope you know that I'll do everything I can to make it happen. And, and it's great for for Barry to weigh in with the power of the post too. Appreciate that, Barry. Thanks, B. Appreciate it. And just just know, like, I'm not uh, writing that to so I can come on the radio with, with you guys. It's I, I got to believe what I write. So, um, so. Here's one for you. Appreciate you, man. Hell, we ask you to come on the radio all the time anyway. So you don't <laughs> yeah. need it, right? <laughs> and thank you, too, Big Ears. <laughs> thank you, Barry. Appreciate you, man. Thanks, guys. All, all right. right. That is Barry Sverluga. Give him a follow at Barry Sverluga, S-V-R-L-U-G-A. We're going to run through some records when we return. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Don't go anywhere. Oh, Jeff's doing the robot. B-Mitch is rapping. You know, stop. He's a little stiff, though, doing a robot. He, He don't have no good rhythm with that. Sure doesn't. Who don't? You, you look like Barney. Y'all Damn. some haters. The dinosaur? Yeah. I love you. <laughs> Y'all haters. You love me. I can outdance either one of you all. And if you want to have a battle, we could do it on, on Instagram live. Man, whatever. Let me be clear. Not interested in battle dancing with you on Instagram live. Put yeah. that in the crappy yeah. file I sweat when I dance. of things I'm never going to do. I'm suave with my stuff. Um... Landfill, pop quiz. Who is the all-time leader in kickoff return yards in the postseason? Uh, Is it B-Mitch? It is B-Mitch. He has 875 yards, career, postseason returns. Pretty damn impressive. Hmm. 36 returns for 36 kickoff returns in the postseason. On average, what do you think? There's four kicks a game, maybe five. One to start each half. Probably fewer than that if your team's good. That means somebody played a lot of postseason games. Early. Early and late. There was a lot of in the middle without them. Yeah, yeah. I got one for you. Jeff, pop quiz. 
This is a ridiculous statistic. Who's the leader in all-time, all-purpose yards on Sundays? Just Sunday games. Um, I'll take Brian Mitchell for 500. Ding, 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 ding. 20,818 yards on Sundays. Wow. You played a lot of Sunday games then. Landfill. <laughs> Over, under, and listen to the number here. Over, under 15,000 all-purpose yards in a single decade by Brian Mitchell. 15,000 all-purpose yards in a decade. 15,000. Well, they don't call B. Mitch Mr. 90s for nothing, so I'm going to go over. Sixteen thousand nine hundred five all-purpose yards in the nineties. All in Washington. People might think it was Kurt Cobain or Bill Clinton or flannel shirts or, you know, the rise of MTV TRL. B. Mitch was Mister Nineties. That was all here. Jeff Walker. How many times do you think Beamich has returned a punt in the NFL? Think about how many people have returned punts for the Commanders in the last five years. Just think about the various names and people we've seen do it. Like, let's. Dax Milne was the primary punt returner this year. And we're not looking up, we're not looking up any sort of punt return average or numbers, just the sheer number of punts returned. Okay. He returned 40 punts this year. How many punts do you think B. Mitch returned in his NFL career? Uh, ooh, can I get an over-under number? That's, that's kind of hard. Over-under 375. 375. Oh, over. Over-under 425. Uh, be misplayed. Oh, it could be over. Four hundred sixty-three career punt returns. Oh wow! That's you can get your career <laughs> ended on any one of those. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think about? Was there ever a point in your career where you stopped wanting to return punts? Mm-mm. No. It was fun. I mean, it, it, you're such a psycho. <laughs> the whole thing. I, I'll be honest with you. It wasn't that I like. I got my last game in New York. And I got, I told you this story. I said, when I would catch a punt, I never cared about the first and second guy. You know, I can make them miss. I can, if they get an arm, they're not going to tackle me. But that second, that, that last game, I had to start thinking about making a miss. And I felt when you lose your instincts on a football field or a hockey rink, it's over at that time. Basketball, you could probably play a few more years. Baseball, you can bunch your way, do whatever. Football and hockey, you end up, paralyzed or something. So at that point, and I walked off the field, I told my wife, I said, you know what? She said, that was a tough game. How what you, how you feel? I said, I'm, I'm done. Because if you got to think about making first dude miss, you're not going to have a lo- very long career after that. What's the worst hit you ever took on a punt? On a punt? Playing against New Orleans, and I was fair catching. No, no, it was Pittsburgh Steelers. I was fair catching, and the dude ran right through me. Did you get flagged? 
He did. Now I punched him two times in the face. The referee didn't call a flag on me though. He just he said <laughs> you he punched said, him in the helmet or in the face. No, he, I I started going under the chin, catching him. Did he the, have a soft chin strap? The referee was like, "I'm not going to throw a flag on you for that because he's stupid for doing that." I was like, "Thank you," and then I returned a touchdown on him after that. What kind of chin strap did the dude have? Did he have the soft, hard plastic? It was a soft one. I wore the hard one. Because I got hit in the chin a few times. You, you put the hard one on, that protects you a little bit. But that was the worst. And then people would think that the worst on the kickoff was when I got hit by, was it Curtis Buckley? I got knocked out on that one. He just caught me in the right spot. The worst I had on the kickoff, anything, I was running downfield and we had a cross where we would cross up to, to uh, confuse them. And the guy blocking the dude that crossed in front of me Hit him so hard that he landed in my lap. And I landed on the back of my head. And I'm telling you, that's the worst hit I ever took in football in all my years. From 10 years old, 8, eight years old, all the way to 35. I got to just banana land one. Ready? I know we got a break, but this is just too good to not bring up. <laughs> you know how, like, baseball has all these weird, quirky stats? Mm-hmm. Are you aware that you have the most rushing yards in a game by a player with three carries or less. Yeah. On October 1st, 2000, Brian Mitchell ran for 105 yards on two carries. Yeah, because uh, Washington side lost a step. Was that? I was in Philly against the Atlanta Falcons. Two carries for 105, had an 85-yarder and a 20, and then also had an 89-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Had over 300 yards total offense that game. It's pretty good. I was doing so well on the field that day that they went in the stands and started interviewing Monica. <laughs> <laughs> John Madden sent his crew to go talk to her. What was your relationship with Madden like? Because I mean, he, he always, talked about you He told plenty. me, he said, he said, I tell him to keep the camera on you because you will give us something before you leave the field. And I knew if you took your helmet off in, in between the hashes or a little bit outside, you're going to get a flag. And he'll send you a fine. But once you got past the numbers walking to the sideline, they never do anything. So that's when I would take it off and turn back to field, be yapping and yapping at the sideline and stuff like that. And he knew it. He picked up on that. That man knew what he was. He knew stuff about football. There's a reason he was John Madden. Um, B. Mitch told John Madden believed that B. Mitch would always show you something. Well, you know who else will show you something? The cloakroom. <laughs> <laughs> Nominated multiple times for best overall gentleman's club in the country, and it just got even better. Located at 5th and K Northwest, Cloakroom is the first gentleman's club in the U.S. to have a sports book. Place wagers at traditional betting windows or kiosks while enjoying the entertainment. If you're not into that, you can take an elevator upstairs, fourth floor, beautiful year-round climate-controlled sports book and lounge called Over Under. Maybe go there before you watch Dame and the Wiz and Rick Ross and Ja Rule tonight. State-of-the-art retractable roof TV showing all the games, college hoops, hockey, NBA, whatever whatever the Pro Bowl is, they're showing it. Don't worry. And next weekend, the Super Bowl is going to be bumping in there. Great bourbon selection, hard-to-find liquor. They got drink specials every weekend, cloakroomdc.com. Follow B at B Mitch Live NBCS. Follow me at J.P. Finley NBCS. How about this? 13 minutes. Until Ask B-Mitch Anything. No better way to finish off the last 
couple minutes of the program on a Scotty's Vodka Red Bull Friday mm-hmm. than with Ask B. Mitch Anything. 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. Plus, Sam Fortier, Washington Post, been down in Mobile, Alabama all week at the Senior Bowl. He'll join us at 1.30. Uh, we're giving away more Wiz tickets, Landfill. Damn, man. Yeah. We got more Wizards tickets to give away at 1.45. Can I do a trivia question? Can we take calls on it? We'll probably run out of time. That's generally how I operate. <laughs> um, I, however, have been in the office early all week. I just want to point that out. Not today. I was here before you today, Lanfield. No, he wasn't. Lanfield was in that room back there. I told you. What are you doing in that room lately? He doesn't sit at his desk. He goes into the studio over there. What are you doing over there? I am curious. Just work stuff. There's never a chair out here. People keep taking my chair, so I go sit over there. Self-scouting. Self-scouting. hey <laughs> I know what Valdez leaves on that TV. Is that what you're doing in there? There's uh-huh. too many cameras here. <laughs> Definitely too many cameras to self-scout. I'll tell you that yes, much. Yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> y'all fools. <laughs> you uh, all are just damn fools is what you all are. All right, Jeff. You watched the Pro Bowl stuff last night. Yes. Tell us what the events were. We know water balloons were involved. Because Terry McLaurin Yeah, because people were mad one. because he had to die for one. Well, kneel down for one. Okay, so the first event, they had the precision passing. Okay. Uh, the, who, who won that? The AFC. Uh, Derek, so it was no, like, individual winners? So it was ten, So it's ten, AFC versus NFC. And whoever wins, it's like a, a point system. So whoever wins, they get three points added to the team. And the winner is whoever has the highest amount of total points at the end of the Pro Bowl games. Uh, Last night, for instance, with the precision passing, what they had to do was hit different targets, and they just kept scoring. Moving targets? Yeah, some were moving, some were stationary. Um, Derek Carr put the AFC on his back last night, um, and it was in the stadium. It was in Raiders Stadium. Uh, You know what? That was funny as hell that he, he showed up. Yeah, and he put the team on his back because, uh, who was it, Kirk Cousins, I believe? He came out and, I mean, not Kirk Cousins. Um, Tyler Huntley? No, 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 uh, NFC. Um, gosh, I can't think of dude name. Jared Goff? Goff, yeah, Goff came out there. He put up some numbers. Uh, who else put up? I think it was, yeah, it was Goff. I don't know why I keep confusing Goff and Stafford right now, but. Everyone was playing for Detroit. Uh, they came and up with some numbers. <laughs> Derek Carr can't. Now, what I can say is, I hate to say it, but it looks like the AFC have way more athletes than the NFC when it comes to them Pro Bowlers. The AFC's been way better this year. Yeah. I don't like, like, it, it looked bad. Um, what else? They had the longest drive. Yeah. Longest drive. Oh, man. How did Tress do in that? Tress did okay. Um, I, I thought he came in second. John, uh, well, so you know, um, he had the second longest um, drive, but they lost to the AFC. I can't think of their names, but I know I can hit the driver better than most of the NFC. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Yeah, are you sure about that? I forgot who it was, bro. They hit. They they swung with all this power. I think it was. I think it was Deron Payne, <laughs> and he the the guy on the TV literally took his fingers and. Went like this and measured measured the ball from the tee. He put his two fingers up. 
Uh, Jeff, we saw you hit one backwards on a. a you did hit a, one backwards. It's <laughs> pretty hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, what else they have? They, the dodgeball Deron game. Payne looked cool in his sunglasses. Oh, for sure. It's just they could not connect with the ball. Um, <laughs> the uh, the AFC, they, they were cranking. They're like, I'm, I think almost everyone got the ball off the tee with the AFC. Uh, they had the best catch um, the first round. It was Jamar Chase. He was on a, I think he was on a zip line. He, he caught a ball. He caught it? Yeah, caught it going down. Uh, Stephon Diggs, his first round, he was on like a floating a floating device in the pool, and he caught like five footballs. Wow. Another, um, they had another game, I forgot what it was called last night, where they were basically, kept, you know the machine that has the two wheels? The jug was, machine. Yeah, the jug machine. They had to catch balls out the jug machine. But the first round, you didn't have a ball. Each round, you had balls in your hand. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> you had footballs in your hand <laughs> for each round. Uh, it was some lime in there. It wasn't many. It wasn't a lot of skills positions. There All right, in the- I, I found the video of Deron Payne. I think Trayvon and Stefan last year, or two years ago, ended up in the finals of the catch. Oh, wow. But, yeah, these, these games – they were not that bad. A lot of people was like, um, you know, it's but not see, they, exciting. They've always had these little things like this. Yeah, I'm just wondering what's going what's going to be the the draw for Sun. I mean Saturday, Sunday, whatever the game is normally. The I tell what. Uh, let me figure out how to speak. The game got to be so bad that I think the draw might be not watching that game. I mean that seriously. Like maybe people will be more interested in whatever this is because that was so poor. I think we're gonna have to look and see if the uh, Pebble Beach AT and T thing goes up oh. viewership. I mean, whatever else. What what day and or time is this event? Sunday from three to seven. Four hours of this. Four hours. I bet it'll still be the highest rated thing on television. Well, sun. So I look at it as. They're, they made it more like All Star Weekend, you know. With I, I hear that, but what is the highlight of All Star Weekend? It's usually the game, the game. The football game. <laughs> yeah, they have a seven on seven. That's on Sunday as well. So who's, dude? Tyler Huntley might be nasty in seven on seven, right? Like, also, if you ever watch like really good flag football, it's pretty entertaining. Like, it's pretty cool. But it is kind. Of, it's a different game than football. Like, do we have any idea if these guys are prepared to play flag? Is Tyreek Hill there? I don't know. If Tyreek Hill there, he gonna be the beast because with with shoulder pads on, they can't touch him. He has moves to get in and out of stuff. I, I mean, I always, t- I always wanted to see Barry Sanders play flag football. Good luck. <laughs> you can barely tackle them when you can tackle them, let alone try to. Have you ever played flag football? Grabbing that little flag is difficult. Oh, yeah. Here's what it's time to do. Got to open the phone lines up, boys. It is time for Ask B. Mitch Anything. Anything. He's an NFL legend. He's a father of four. He's a wise man. You can ask him anything in the world. He gives great dating advice, great golfing advice. He's very, very good at stretching. What? 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. 
Ask you Mitch anything. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.